Welcome to the Numa Church Podcast. For more information on all things Numa, please contact us on our website, numa.church. Now get ready for another inspirational message. Father, we just pray that today you will open every heart to hear your word, that we will be receptive in our hearts to what you want to say to your church and to your people. We just thank you, God, that we don't have to rely on ourselves. We don't have to rely on the words of a man. We rely on what you speak through your spirit into each life. And so whatever words I say, I pray that you will use those words to speak your word individually into each heart today, that we may leave here richer, more in love with you, more sure of our purpose in you, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Take your seats and um, turn with me to Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua is an incredible man of God, and I love uh, reading about his life, and I want to share some thoughts with you today. The title of my message today is The Power of a Step. I'm going to read Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 9. Did you all have a good Christmas, by the way? Did you overindulge? Did you eat too much? Have you had enough of food for a while? No, you all say that, but then you go out and have lunch, you see. It just seems to be ongoing. But uh, we had a great Christmas. I just spent three days in the city with my lovely wife and... It was her, I shouldn't say what birthday it is. It was a big one with a six in front of it. Anyway, we spent a few days in the city and we did things like Star Wars and, you know, all those things that you do when you're on holiday. It's interesting, actually, when you're in a movie and they start talking about bringing things into balance. And I'm sitting there thinking the balance of the forces, you know, and I'm thinking there's no balance. Jesus is on the throne. There's there's no opposing force that can equal. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. But I did enjoy the movie. Anyway, here we go. Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite uh, country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law of my servant servant Moses gave you. And do not turn from the right to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
Now, what I love in this passage and what I see in particular are three things, a promise from God, a command and a warning, and they transcend the moment when the scripture was written. Uh, They're not words for Joshua alone. They are words for Joshua, but they're not for Joshua alone. They speak to every person whose heart is towards God and has a purpose in their life. So firstly, we see God's promise, I am with you. God's command, be courageous. And then God's warning, be careful to obey. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Now, if you're Part of our church, you will remember that a few weeks ago, the church came together and we all closed our campuses, came together, ran four services through the day and had Vision Sunday here on December the 1st. And it really was one of the most inspiring days I can remember in 2019. And, 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 and it was just, you know, I just love it. Over the years, as we've cast vision into the life of the church, I love it when there's, an ex- there's a fresh excitement that comes when you hear vision. I think we're made for it. In fact, the Bible says that when, without a vision, people cast off restraint. We need that to bring us into line with what God is saying. And it's so exciting to be part of Numa Church at this time. And, and, and I actually don't believe that the church, not just our church, but the church is moving into a new season. I believe around the world and around the country, the world is moving into, the church is moving into a new era. This is a different time. Just as the word said here, we're going in places we haven't been before. And the foundation and the history of all that God has done in this church and churches around the world is, is fantastic but the future is out there and we're heading into it in, with, at full speed. And, and there's no small vision that God has placed upon his church and upon Numa Church. And as I read the words of the Lord to Joshua here, I believe that these words are words that should be resonating in our own hearts today. That God is with us that he is calling us to courageously step into the call that he's laid before us, but he's also saying to us that we need to be careful to obey, careful to stay focused, to keep our eyes fixed on the goal and lead God's people into the vision that God has for us. But practically, what does that actually mean for us? What does it mean for us as individuals? What does it mean for the body of Christ? What does it mean for the people uh, of Numa Church? Well, you see, when we think of the thing is God's doing certain things in our own lives, and through 2019, God has spoken into your lives, and many of you have received words this year, and, and, and you might still be sitting there saying, well, what does that mean for me? How do I move into that but as a church it's the same we hear vision we hear things cast over where we're heading into the future and we say well who's that for I just want to remind you and encourage you to know that it's it's not for just a few of us to outwork God's plan and purpose it's for all of us to participate in because we are all co-workers of the harvest and we, we all have different roles to play some of us 
have the role of you know, corporately being here, working in the life of the church uh, full-time. That's our full-time vocation. For some of you, your vocation is outside of the church, but your ministry is, includes your vocation and everything you do in here. So everything we do is part of what God wants us to outwork. It's not one or two that make it happen. It's us together that work together to make it happen. Now, you might recall that uh, coming through in our One Life series not long ago, that this isn't something we do on the side. This is who we are. This is what it's about. This is our call. This is our, 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 our God's plan for our lives is that we serve the Lord with all our heart and give everything we are and who we are to the kingdom cause. And so with these statements in mind from Joshua chapter 1 at the forefront of our thinking, uh, I want to turn now to Joshua chapter 3 and I want to read the whole chapter to you. It'll come up behind me. The, the title of my message probably came up behind me earlier. It's the power of a step, stepping in to all that God has for us. Um, let's read this he, uh, through together here. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before the crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. And then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. So Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. And tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, When you reach the edge of the Jordan, Jordan's river, go and stand in the river. And Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. And see the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan. Its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So that when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And now the Jordan is at flood uh, stage all during the harvest. And yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarephan. And while the water was flowing down, the Sea of Arafath of the Salt Sea was completely cut off. And so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. You know, Joshua is actually really one of my favourite Bible characters, and I'm sure he is for many of you too. He was a man of courage, a man of faith, a man of integrity, 
And there's so much that we can learn when we read about his life. But what I see at this point is that he was still getting his head around the fact that God had called him to lead the, the nation. He had called him to lead these people into the land of promise. Now, the interesting thing here is that Joshua was not a young man at this time. He was 78 years old. And, and, and that's a great, a great thing, you know. I'm in my 60s now and I'm thinking, well, if he can get a fresh vision at 78, I've got a long way to go yet. So never think you're too old for God to do something with your life. Never think you're too young either because God's hand upon us is what can move us and motivate us and empower us to do that which he's called us to do. You know, in fact, even at this age, God was still building Joshua up because he still had so much more for him to do. And God encouraged him and prepared him all the way up to this point for this time. This, I believe, was what he was actually born for. This was the time when the favor of the Lord fell upon him. You see, Moses had done so much for the nation to bring it to the place where it was poised into its destiny. But now the time had come for Joshua, a man who God laid his hand on, a man who went on to lead the people into the time of expansion like never seen before. And it all began here on the banks of the Jordan. You know, I was thinking about 2019 and the church, Numa Church here, and what we've been able to see in 2019. But to me, it's a little bit like being on the banks of the Jordan. You know, amazing things have happened. We've seen some phenomenal things happen in the church and in our own personal lives as well. And we've seen and sensed the power and the presence of God, the protection of God, the provision of God, Um, as he was with the people for 40 years. He's been with us for many years, 95 years of our history, still with us. But the generation of the day here on the banks of the Jordan was poised ready for something more. It was just the beginning. You see, the banks, so 2019 to me was just like the banks of the Jordan, the launching point. And here, right now, at Numa Church, there's a stirring going on. In fact, I think that stirring is going on all around the world. And God has relayed, uh, laid upon us an incredible vision, but now I believe is our time to step into it. There is power in the step. At the word of Joshua, and that was the voice of the Lord to the people, one step and the waters parted. Verse 15 says, As soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. Now, I don't know about you, but I I think this is pretty amazing. I, I can imagine the people on the banks of the Jordan wondering at the time how on earth they were going to cross this river because it was in flood. They'd heard the word of the Lord, but hey, sometimes... When we hear things from God, we, our natural thinking says, okay, I receive that, but how? how how's it going to happen? But you know what I've found? That when God is involved in something, whether, whether in our own personal journey and our own personal walk or, or whether there are the corporate purposes of the church, all it takes is our obedience. All it takes is a word from the Lord to bring purpose and direction. And one step later it becomes clear. 
Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't face struggles and tough times ahead. We all know they did, if you've read the book of Joshua. It's the same in our lives. I, 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 I think sometimes when we know God's saying something to us, it, it, we step into it. It doesn't mean that everything's going to go according to our plan. But let me tell you something. If God is with us, then who can be against us? Now, as I contemplated these verses in relation to the church, I really felt the Lord say, not only is there a way forward, just as it was in these days, it is wide and it is open and I've prepared a way through for you on dry ground. Now, think about this. Think about how big God is. Do you know that God is the one who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That sort of sums it all up for me. For thousands of years, he stood on his word, he stood in the truth of his word and the church has continued to grow and make a difference in the world. You see, our God has been faithful even in our own church for over 95 years and and the Time and time again, we've seen God move in powerful ways. But you know there's more. In fact, there's much more. And I believe we're the generation that's stepping into it. Isaiah 42, verse 9, God declares, The former things have taken place, and new things I declare. Before they spring up into being, I announce them to you. You see, what God is saying here is not that what's gone before was, was not good or, or not positive, but now we need to recognize that they are the former things. I'm talking into your own personal life as well as our corporate life. The things that have gone before, they're the former things. And while the past is a strong foundation for where God has taken us in the future, God is always moving forward. God is always looking for the next season in the life of the church and the life of his people. And while all that you've done and all that you've seen God do and all that we've been able to accomplish in our own lives and in this city and in this state and even in the nations is pretty awe-inspiring, I think. The truth is that God is more interested in where you're going and what you're prepared to do to get there. So that's what God is saying to the people here in Joshua. In verse 3 and 4, the officers say, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are the Levites carrying it, you are to move from your positions and follow it. Then you will know the way to go since you have never been that way before. So I, I just love that, that their step opened the way into a whole new dimension for the people of Israel. And it's only as they fully embraced what God was opening and moved into it that their inheritance became a now reality. Now, as we put our trust in the Lord with a determination to step into new territory, to unknown territory, God will open the way. So what will it mean to step into something new in God? What will it take of us? God's people today. 
What will it take of us in our own personal journey? If God is speaking things into your own life, what will it take? As a church, with the things that we know that God is speaking to us about the future, what will it take for the people of Numa Church? There's three things that I see in this chapter that I believe are our responsibility as believers and carriers of vision and uh, purpose. Uh, three steps into the promise. Number one is step up and see. The second is step up and follow. And the third is step over into the promise. So we'll start with the first one, step up and see. So the order goes out to the people. In verse 3 it says, When you see the ark of the Lord your God. You know, for 800 years, the ark of the covenant was the most sacred and holy object in the world. And it was the identification point for the Israelites of the very presence of God. It was a manifestation of God's physical presence on earth. And it offered protection for the people wherever it went. And the people were encouraged to keep their eyes on the ark. It was a powerful reminder to them they, that they were not alone. Now today, it's not the ark that we keep our eyes on. It's Jesus. It's the author and the finisher of our faith. And, and, and the challenge to every believer, every one of us, is to step up and see and make sure we are doing everything we can to fan the flame of devotion towards the Lord. See, the truth is that we cannot be all that God wants us to be unless every area of our life we're doing, in every area of our life, we're doing everything we can to keep our eyes on Jesus. So the first challenge that I want to put to you today is, is where are you in your own personal journey with the Lord? Where are you in your own personal walk? As we head into 2020, do you need to step up? It's a, it's a question worth asking at this time of the year. It's so important to, 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 to be outworking God's purposes in your life. Who you are when you're on your own, when only God sees, is a major key to effective Christian living. What are you doing to ensure that your life is on track, to be sure that your eyes are on the King? What are you doing to step up and see God in your life and in your circumstances. You know, when change takes place, God brings powerful and impacting vision to bear upon us. And it can shake us up a bit. You know, maybe there's things that God has been speaking into your life. I know this year we have had so many people receive incredible prophetic words and sometimes while there can be a, an excitement in the heart about what God is saying there can also be a little bit of you know well uh, whoa this is a bit big for me uh, you know the excitement might be there but it's like how 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 do I get behind this how how can I contribute how can I help bring this to pass in my life God has spoken how can I be part of the plan of God but, you know, a bit of healthy unease and even a bit of fear, as long as it's not crippling, binding fear, but more reverent fear of the Lord, 
I, I think it can be a good thing. Because I think that's the perfect time for us to examine what's going on in our lives. To see whether we are personally aligned with what God is saying and what God is doing. You see, if God gives you big vision, or if God gives our church big vision, big vision calls for big people. Hebrews chapter 10 reminds us that we are big people because it says we're not those who shrink back. Now, as we head into what well may be, probably will be, the most exciting season, let me say even era, of this church, and I believe even this world, perhaps it's time for reflection and maybe a start with an audit of our own lives before the Lord. So the question is, are your eyes first and foremost on the King? How is your personal devotional life you see because that's where it all starts so the strength of what God wants to impart to us corporately doesn't come from a couple of hours together on a Sunday or maybe a gathering every now and then through the week those things are important they help build our oneness and our purpose and our unity but the foundation of who we are is fundamentally built on that quiet, quiet place where it's just you and God. If you want to bring the very best of you to help us reach the very best that God wants for us, you must commit in 2020 to be stronger than ever in your personal walk with the Lord. Remember our values? We've got seven values. Here's two of them. Number one, God word is our foundation. If that's not your personal foundation, you will struggle corporately to contribute consistently and effectively to the plans and purposes that God has for your own life and for the church. Number two, prayer fuels power. If prayer is an occasional occurrence in your private life, your connection to his power and authority will be limited in the practical outworking of all that God wants to do through us. So look, if you haven't done it before, or you've maybe settled back a little bit in 2019, get in the habitual plan of reading and meditating on the Word of God and praying. Just make it an everyday happening in your own life. Maybe get a journal and maybe write some of the things down that God is saying. You know, if you know that you're probably perhaps not committed to building your own life as you should be, then why not let your step today be the step of saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step up today. The power of a step. And watch what God does in your life. The second responsibility that you have a believe, as a believer is one, uh, one who wants to see the church move into its destiny is step out and follow. See, the officers under the direction of Joshua go about telling the people not only to see the ark, but when they see it, to follow it. You know, it's a really important distinction between being aware of something and engaging with something. Now, I dare say that in this day, on this day, 
There would have been people who were very happy to stay on the banks of the Jordan. And just watch and see, you know, just see, see how things go for a while. You know, they were happy that they were in the presence of the Lord, happy to be where the ark was uh, and, and know that God was with them. But to actually move with it into new territory, well, well, well that might have been a challenge for some. And I can actually imagine a couple of the uh, elders from the tribes coming up to to Joshua, and you know, they're still seeing him at 70, 80, he was a young man to them, so just saying, hey Josh, good job, good job Josh, he hearing from God and all that, but you know, I have to tell you, we've actually got it pretty good here on the banks of the Jordan, you know, we've got God's presence here right with us, we've got the fire by night, we've got the cloud during the day, you know, we get food uh, delivered to us every day, it's actually not bad I, I you know but what happens if we move I mean why take that risk it's okay but the thing we need to remember is that in the plans and the purposes of God it's it's not about us as individuals it's about God's corporate plan it's not about our comfort zones or our nice places or everything where we want it to be we have to step out and follow the Lord in fact let me say something here because if God moves his presence moves with him and if they stayed behind they would no longer have been under the protection of the ark or the pillar of flower flower pillar of cloud pillar of fire you know, sometimes in church life, it, it's, just, it's just, you know, possible to get comfortable. You know, and the routines and the patterns and forget that it's not really about us, but it's about kingdom purpose. And we all play a significant role in kingdom purpose. I, I like to be comfortable sometimes. I, I, for years, I had this comfortable old pair of slippers that had a hole in the front and a hole in the back, but they were so good when I put them on that I never wanted to get rid of them and I wouldn't let my wife throw them away and one day they disappeared and that Father's Day I got a new pair and I had to run them all in again too but you know what I mean. But I'm a, I'm a routine person. I, I, I like things in order. I, I'm consistent. I, 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 some things though I realise have to change. It's not about how comfortable I am. It's about, am I moving where God is moving? The most important thing is that you're in tune with what God is doing and you're going with what God is doing. You see, it's not about understanding it all either. <coughs> it's not about, you know, having the future mapped out so clear that there's no uncertainty. The people had to follow before they fully knew where they were going. They had to step out in faith and follow where God was leading. Now, here's the thing that I believe for us as a church. God wants to take us where we've never been before. What does that look like? 1 Corinthians 13, 9 says, we only know in part. And, and that's exactly where we're at right now. We, we don't have it all mapped out completely. We know in part. But that's the exciting thing about it because we have a pretty good idea what God wants and God has clarified it and defines it, but he refines it as we walk towards it. And just like the Israelites who looked to the ark, the symbol of the Lord's presence going before them, 
you can walk with confidence because even though we don't know it all, one thing's for sure, God does. And he will make his way plain and he will show us as we step in to 2020 and beyond. The power of a step to prepare, to be prepared to go in the direction of the Lord wherever it might lead. Step out and follow. The third thing I see here in God's call is step over into promise. Verse 15 and 16, now the Jordan is at flood at this stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. Now here's the thing. God said, put your foot in the water, step over. And in my life, I found that whenever I act in faith and do what God's word says, I see in greater measure the glory of God. You know, one of the most quoted scriptures uh, in the Bible, I, I believe it is anyway, is Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. See, this is not something that we can take up by ourselves. There's usually no physical evidence to support what we're believing for. So when Pastor Corey first shared things of vision just a month ago, things of faith, they're from the Lord, but to the natural eye, they might be hard to see. But hear this, because this is the key to unlocking the power of faith in your life. By the time the people got to the water's edge, they had their eyes on the Lord, they followed the Ark of the Covenant, and then their step of faith is what parted the way. The power of the step. It wasn't until they got there that the waters parted. It didn't part so they could see easily. They had to get there, they had to take the step, and then they could walk through. Now, right now, there might be aspects of our corporate vision or, or even areas in your own personal uh, vision and purpose for life that are, you're struggling to hold on to because you, you can't see it in the fullness. But let me simply say this. God does not fail his people. If he's spoken something, it will happen. He does not fail his people and he does not fail his church. So what God laid before them on the other side of the Jordan, beyond what was in their view at the time, was a land flowing with blessing. Joshua and Caleb had seen it 40 years before. They were two of the spies that went into the land. They were the only two that came back and said, we can do it, we can do it. And they held on to that vision for 40 years. The dream never left them. The key for each and every one of us is the attitude, our attitude and response to the Lord in our personal and corporate vision. God's word demands our action. Step up and see. Step out and follow. Step over into promise. The power of a step and the journey of Numa Church continues. And we're so glad that you're part of it. Let me confirm with you something that I confidently believe in my spirit, that every one of you are one of God's chosen and he wants the best for you 
He wants the best through you. And God loves this church. He loves it. He wants the best for it. And he will work out his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a word in season for the church. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, I feel so blessed to be part of a vibrant, spirit-filled, God-encountering, vision-inspired church that has such a depth of heritage, yet does not rest on its laurels, but reaches out and keeps reaching out for everything that God has. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.